Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God moment number five, by God's grace. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you, man. We pray that the Lord is blessing you in great measure. This is God moment number five, and in this episode, we're talking about God's grace. And uh, when we talk about God moments, what we're talking about is times in my life that the Lord really showed up in a mighty way. Now, not every one of these times, as you've heard the episodes before, are moments at the best times of my life, you know, but really it's times when God shows up, even in the midst of struggles, even in the midst of hardships, moments where the Lord truly has stepped in and made a difference to help me and also to keep me. While I was in Bible college, I remember uh, visiting a nursing home almost every week, every week that was right directly across the street from the school. And I enjoyed it so much. I worked with schools and mentoring programs and helping with the kids. I also worked with neighborhood kids and I did ministry with them and different types of activities and uh, shared the gospel with all of them. And also on top of that, I had this ministry at the nursing home. I loved this ministry. I was in school, but I was in ministry full time. And I looked to bring the gospel. I looked to bring Jesus to everyone I could and had an opportunity to, whether it be kids in school, whether it be neighborhood kids, or whether it was in the church that I was pastoring or across the street at the nursing home. I loved it. So every week I would go over and I would spend time with different people in the nursing home. But I began to, over time, I began to gravitate towards one special person. It was a little old lady. Her name was Billy Wright. Never forget it. A million years. And she was so sweet, boy, just a Southern belle, just as kind as kind could be gracious, full of love and gentleness. I just love being around her. And she would tell me some amazing stories about her life and about her family. And just, man, one thing about Miss Billy Wright, she loved the word of God and loved prayer. And we would spend a lot of time praying and, and going over the word. And we just enjoyed it. So one Thursday afternoon, I was out of class and I was I was headed over to to see Miss Billy and I stopped to get her some flowers and then I headed over to to the the nursing home. I walked in, everybody knew me, I was saying hi to everybody, and I walked uh, back to where her room was and as I walked back to her room, I noticed that everything was cleared out of the room except for her bed. Her bed was folded up and there was a gentleman in there, you know, wiping the curtains and the windows and was pu- about to push the bed out. And I said, oh, oh, did they move Miss Billy's room? Did they move it somewhere else? And uh, he goes, you got to talk to the nurse station. I don't know. So I went to the nurse station and I began talking to her. And I said, did they move Miss Billy's room kind of, you know, down the hall or something? And they go, well, you know, just go down to that desk down there. And I, I walked swiftly as I could to that desk. I got the flowers in my hand and I'm walking swiftly down the hall. And I get to the desk that I was directed at. And uh, I asked him, I said, hey, did y'all move Miss Bill? Where, where's Miss Billy's uh, room at? And I said, I couldn't, you know, they saw that it was empty down there. And uh, the lady looked at me, and it's just as sad as she could be, and she apologized, and she said that 
that Miss Billy had passed away that night before. And uh, my heart just dropped, man. It was, it was a sad moment, you know, but it, it made me almost impossible for me to ever want to return there because of the memories and the love that I, I really had for Miss Billy. It was heart-wrenching. And uh, I just kind of stopped going to the nursing home at that point because I, I really loved it too much, and it was just heartaching. Well, some time had passed and a lot of different ministries and still in school and a lot of great things. It's probably several months. I had one of my classmates, he would preach over there at the nursing home. He'd gather everybody up, you know, once a week and he would have a service for them in the cafeteria. And one week he couldn't make it and he come to me and he asked me, he says, Sean, do you want to preach for me this week? And I said, well, brother, I said, you know, Honestly, I'm, I'm, I preach and teach so many times at my church. I have a lot of opportunities. I preach at our church, I teach, I'm always preaching with the kids and I mentor. I said, just give somebody else an opportunity that don't, have, don't get to preach a lot. And he says, okay, you know, I just wanted to ask you. I felt the Lord wanted me to ask you. I said, I appreciate that. Well, that night I went back to my dorm and I was getting ready to go to sleep and the Holy Spirit spoke very clear to my heart and rebuked me and said, Sean, don't you ever turn down an opportunity to preach. That whenever you are invited to preach, you go. And boy, I repented. I cried to the Lord. I, the next morning I found this brother and I said, listen, I just want to tell you, I am so sorry for not accepting that invitation. And if you haven't found anybody yet, I would like to, to accept that invitation to preach. And from that time, I have always, if you know me and you're very close to me, you know that no matter where it is or what we're doing, if you invite me to preach, I am going to come preach. That is what God's call is upon my life. The only other time, and I had to repent about this as well, was last year, 2019, April 2019, my professor from Bible college, Dr. Mark Long, had asked me to do a revival series for him in April of 2019. And it was right when my son was about to schedule, was scheduled to be born, and my second son. And I told him, I said, man, I, you know, with revivals, there's a lot of preparing. And once you set it in stone, it's kind of set in stone no matter what. And I didn't want to risk it, so I had to uh, had to not accept that. Boy, man, I should have. I've repented several times from that, though. Um, so, but any other place that I've ever been invited to preach, I've always gone. It didn't matter where or how or, or when. I, I'm, I'm, that's the God's call upon my life. So during the 2007 summer, when I went back to Israel, I met a missionary and his wife from, from uh, Brazil. They were living in Matula. And Pastor Andreas's house at the prayer house. And uh, they were staying at the prayer house while Pastor Andrea was in Brazil. And they were waiting to move on for their visas to be kind of finalized. And then they're going to move on to China and uh, teach English at a school and minister in that school. And, uh, man, this, these two, uh, Brother Henry and Tatiana Anders, they're just they're precious. Boy, they're just so precious. And I enjoyed meeting them. I enjoyed getting to know them. I enjoyed being around them. They spoke so much into my life during that time in Israel, and I just loved them immediately. It's just special. But as they were getting ready to go to China, and I was getting ready to leave Israel, and we were saying our goodbyes, Brother Henry says, Sean, when we get to China, I want to invite you to come and preach for the students. It would be amazing. You know, he had that accent. 
And uh, you should hear Brother Henry talk. Brother Henry, if you listen to this, I love listening to you talk. As a matter of fact, we need to talk on the phone soon, brother. Well, um, they ended up moving to, to China, and they got settled in, and they extended another invitation and said, hey, why don't you come? We're settled in. Won't you come anytime you want to come and preach? You come and preach to the kids. We, we welcome you. Open doors all the time, you know, and they're just really sweet Brazilian spirit under the influence of the Holy Spirit, of course, but just sweet people. And so I said, you know what? In November, we have a Thanksgiving break with school. Why don't I just take that Thanksgiving break and I go there? Well, that's what we started praying toward and working toward. So my friend, uh, Joelle, was willing to give me tickets to go to, 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 to fly into Hong Kong and fly back from Hong Kong. I just needed to get a visa and some travel money. Well, the visa was like $206 at the time, and I had a little over $100. It was probably like $120, $130 I had that was for that specific visa. Well, the morning, one morning in classes, the morning of the, basically if I was to go, I needed to buy that visa that day. I needed to go on the website and do it that day. And that morning I had, we prayed in class. We said, hey, let's, any prayer requests? And I told him, I said, hey, you know, I've had this amount of money. I need this amount in order to go. And today's kind of like the final day. And uh, let's just pray that if it's the Lord's will, he'll provide. And, you know, and I explained to them, God told me to go wherever I'm invited to preach. And, you know, this is kind of, I'm invited. Well, after class, I heard that, you know, John Sullivan from the Florida Baptist Convention was preaching in chapel. And so we left class and we went over to the chapel as we always would do. You got to, don't leave home without it. Got to get in that word. Hallelujah. Get that word in you. And so if you've never heard John Sullivan preach, you have Florida Baptist Convention, John Sullivan. You have to look it up on the internet. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But my goodness, do yourself a favor and look him up. He memorizes the text that he preaches and is such power and anointing on his life. I mean, very special, godly man. So, well, he preached and it was a powerful message as usual. And I wanted to go down and thank him because if you remember earlier in the year, the lights at the church had got shut off. Well, I was about to quit and give up, man. And I, I called John Sullivan on the phone. And I told him what was going on. He says, you hang in there, young man. And within 40 minutes, our lights was turned back on at the church. I remember that like it was nothing. So after services, I was going up there to shake his hand and to thank him for all that he had did for me that I really wanted to quit. And then God used him to help me. Well, as I walked up to thank him, uh, he pulled, he shakes my hand. He reaches a hand out to shake my hand. And he had stuck a $100 bill in his hand as he shook it. And I'm, I look at it, and I'm just shocked. I've never had this happen to me at that time. I mean, I've had it happen to me a lot of times after that, but at that time, I never had that happen. I was like, what is this? And I almost was in tears. I was overwhelmed. And I told him I had to try to gather myself. I began to explain to him who I was and how he helped me earlier or a couple of months earlier and how God used him and just really has infused a, a, a great excitement to serve God some more. And I had this opportunity to go to, to China and God was providing this opportunity. And I was a short 80, 75, 80 bucks 
for the visa that I needed to get a day. We prayed for that in the class before services. And then you handed me this hundred dollars. Oh my, how God has used you to lavish his grace upon me. And he looks at me with a smile that goes from ear to ear. And he pulls out another hundred dollars and he hands it to me. And he says, now you can get you something to eat on your trip. And I was just blown away. But I knew at that moment that God wanted me to do what he called me to do. And it showed me that when the Lord told me to preach where I'm invited, that he and he alone would be the provision. He might use various resources and various people in various ways, but it is him who paves the way for it. It is him who gets the glory. So I get on this flight. I'm, I'm by myself. I get on the flight. I make I go to Hong Kong. At this time, I had very limited uh, flying experience, very limited travel experience. And another thing, I had never been to an Asian country. When I landed in Hong Kong, it was unreal. <laughs> if you've ever been to Asia, you know and you understand what I'm talking about. It is a complete assault on your senses. Well, I got to landed in Hong Kong really late at night. I was... <clears throat> I was hoping to get there earlier so I could just go on to Brother Henry's house, but I was unable to. So we arrived at night real late. I took a bus. I got on a bus with all my luggage. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what I was doing. Just got on the bus. I went all the way to the bus driver stopped and he looks at me and is like, you know, pointed. Yeah, get off. Came and grabbed my, <laughs> grabbed my <laughs> excuse me, grabbed my bag and he just took it on. He's like, yeah, you're off here. No more, you know. And so I'm, I'm walking around in the middle of this extremely large city, look, just walking around lost, don't know what I'm doing, I have, don't have nothing scheduled, you know, didn't know about Airbnb or Orbitz or anything at that time. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do here? Well, come to find out, this guy's like, I have a room, I have a room, you stay in the hotel room. And uh, they called it a mansion. Man, it wasn't a mansion. I guess they get their words from uh, Europe England, where their idea mansion is a room. Well, it was the smallest, smallest, smallest room I had ever seen. Even to this point, you know, some 13 years later, I still have not seen a room that size. Man, it, the bed was so small, you had to go in feet first. The bathroom, it was like a holy trinity for bathroom accessories. It was the toilet, sink, and shower, three in one. <laughs> All in one spot. And I was like, my goodness, I ain't, I've never seen anything like it, still to this day. Well, I slept. I woke up early to get out of there. There was somebody sleeping right at my door. I had to step over them to leave. The next morning, I somehow find the train station that, that takes you from Hong Kong to inland China. And I, I, get, I make my way to Guangzhou. I make my way, uh, hustle and bustle, find a taxi, make my way to Brother Henry's and uh, Tatiana's house. And I met with them, and we just had a wonderful time in the Lord. Well, the morning of Thanksgiving, which would be Thanksgiving in America, I was set to share with the students from Ephesians chapter 2. And I used verses 6 and 7 primarily. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order or so that in the ages to come, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness toward us. 
Man, what a beautiful, beautiful word from heaven. He's like, it's a masterpiece. And I shared with them the first verses that says that you were dead and separated in your sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, raised you up with Christ. See, he not only raises us up with Christ, as Paul says here, but he seated us with him. Let that sink in a moment. He has given us authority and a seat of favor and blessing because it's a seat in and with Christ. How can God take that which was dead and give such life to it? And why would he do it? Well, all these students are sitting there looking at me. And the majority of them was Chinese, so English was their second language. And I pulled this, this very small vase out of my pocket. I had carried this vase with me. I bought this. It was small and beautiful. I, I think I bought it in, 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 um, near the Sea of Galilee, and it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was Israel. It had a, a tremendous value to me. And I shared with them how someone saw some dirt somewhere, saw some clay, and thought what they could do with it to bring value to that piece how they could shape it and artistically craft this dirt, this clay, and make it full of purpose and value. All for someone to walk into their house or to the person who purchases house to say, wow, that is beautiful. Where did you get it? I looked at those kids leaning forward. They were leaning forward as I said, God wants to take your life and raise it up into salvation and to the call of God and give shape to you for a purpose so that in the ages to come, he can show you off as his masterpiece of grace. I offer an invitation that morning. I remember, and uh, I didn't want to, I'm not one of those people that forces or pushes. I just have people respond and um I can't remember how many people, but I know there were several that, that responded that morning to, to want Christ as Lord of their life, for God to shape their life into his masterpiece. After that, I walked around waiting for Brother Henry to get off. It was early in the morning. So afterwards, I was walking around, and I found this river, and I sat down on this bench, and then it dawned on me, man, it's Thanksgiving Day. And I'm all the way over here, so far away from my family, so far away from my mom, so far away from America and Thanksgiving. And I really started to regret my decision. You're alone. You're isolated. These people aren't your family. These people don't care about you. And I really started to regret that, man, it started in my mind somehow thinking that what I was doing was less valuable than where I should be back home celebrating. And then all of a sudden, I kind of lifted my eyes up as I was looking, and there was about 20, 25 children, preschool-aged children, with two female workers, teachers, running towards me. And it was like an avalanche of noise and excitement. They're running and yelling in Chinese, and they all have these paper cutouts of what they had made from their hands they were all turkey paper cutouts and the, the word that they learned today happy thank you happy thank you and then 
They're just running towards me as I sat in there. And the teacher spoke a little bit of English, and they said, you know, this is for you and to tell you Happy Thanksgiving. And I was just so overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit said, Sean, those who leave family and home for my name's sake will get, a, will get that in a hundredfold return. Sean, I'm, I'm shaping you. I'm molding you. So one day I can show you off as my masterpiece. I'm here to remind you that if you just trust him with your life, trust him with your todays, and trust him with all of your tomorrows, you will not be disappointed. He is wanting to use these challenges, use adventures, use the struggle, and use the success that you have to mold you into the masterpiece that he will use to show off in the ages to come. What will people say in the ages to come when they see you as his handiwork? Wow. Look at how beautiful. Wow. Look how awesome of a job you did, Jesus. They were dead. They were mere dirt. But God, almighty God, through your love, You made them alive. You shaped them. And now look at them. Wow. Grace, grace, grace. God's wonderful grace. We are his masterpiece. When he tells you to do it, trust him with it. And watch him shape you into something beautiful. Father, our life is yours. We were dead in our transgressions and sin. We were mere dirt. But you looked at us. And through your power and ability, said, look what I can do. You made us alive. You've raised us up and you've seated us with your son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, you're showing us off as your masterpiece. There's nothing you can't do. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you real good. God bless you all the way. And we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.